0: It's me, Ishita, and you know, I'm super duper excited to start with another chapter of Matilda. That is chapter number five, Arithmetic. Okay, so if you haven't checked out me other chapters of this wonderful book that I am too thoroughly enjoying, so check it out. Chapter five, Arithmetic. Matilda longed for her parents to be good and loving and understanding and honorable and intelligent. The fact there were none of these was something that she had put up with. It was not an easy thing to do, but the new game she had invented of punishing one or both of them each time they were beastly to her made her life more or less bearable. Being very small and very young, the only power Matilda had anyone in her family was brain power. Ah, we know it all. For sheer cleverness, she could re- run rings them around. But the fact remained that any five year old girl in any family was always obliged to do as she was told. However, as she mean the orders might be. Thus she was always forced to eat her every evening meal out of TV dinner trays in front of the dreaded box. She always had to stay alone when on weekdays afternoon when she had ever she was told to shut up, she had to shut up. For her, her safety valve, the thing that prevented her from being going round the band was the fun of devising and dishing out these splendid punishments and the lovely thing that they seemed to work at any rate of short periods. The father has particularly become less kooky and unbearable for several days after receiving a dose of Matilda's magic medicine. The parent in the chimney affair quite definitely cooled both parents down a lot and over a week, They were completely civil for their small daughter. But alas, this couldn't last. The next flare-up just came one evening in the sitting room. Mr. Wormwood had just returned from work. Matilda and her brother were quietly sitting on the sofa, waiting for their mother to bring in the TV dinners on a tray. The television had not been switched on. It came Mr. Wood in a loud check suit and a yellow tie. The appalling broad orange and green check of the jacket and trousers almost blinded the onlooker. It looked like a low grade bookmarker dressed up for his daughter's wedding, and he was clearly very pleased with himself this evening. He sat down in an armchair and rubbed his hands together and addressed his son in a loud voice. Well, my boy, he said, your father's had a bold, most successful day. He's a lot richer tonight than he was this morning. He had sold no less than 5 cars, each one with a Teddy profit, sawdust in gearboxes, the electric drill on the speedometer cables, a splash of paint here and there, and few other clever little tricks that the, and the idiots were all falling over themselves to buy. He fished a bit of paper from his pocket and studied it. Listen, boy, he said, addressing the son and ignoring Matilda. As seeing you as you'll be going into this business with me one day, you have got to know how to add up profits and make up each end of the day. Go and get yourself a pad and pencil. Let's see how clever you are. The son obediently left the room and returned with the writing materials. Write down these figures, the father said, reading from his bit of paper. Car number one was bought by me for £237 and sold for 1425 Got that? The 10-year-old boy wrote the two separate amounts down slowly and carefully. Car number two, the father went on, cost me £118 and sold for 760 Got it? Yes, dad, the son said. I have got that. Car number 3 cost 111 pounds and sold for 199 pounds and 50 pence. Say that again, the son said. How much did it sell for? 999 pounds and 50 pence, the father said. And that, by the way, is another of my 90 little tricks to diddle the customer. Never ask for a big round figure. Let's go just below it. Never say 1,000 pounds. Always say 999 and 50. It sounds much less, but it isn't. Clever, is it? Very, the son said. You're brilliant, dad. Car number four cost 86 pounds. A real wreck that was and sold for 699 pounds. 50. Not too fast, the son said, writing for the numbers down. Right, I've got it. Car number five cost six hundred and thirty-seven pounds and sold for sixteen hundred and forty-nine fifty. You have got all these figures right down, written down, son. Yes, Daddy. The boy said, crouching over his pad and carefully writing. Very well, the father said. Now work out the profit I made each of the five cars and add up the total. Then you will be able to tell me how much money your rather brilliant father made altogether today. That's a lot of sums, the boy said. Of course, it's a lot of sums, the answer said. But when you are in the big business like I am, you have got to be a hot stuff at mathematics. I've practically got a computer inside my head. It took me less than 10 minutes to work the whole thing out. You mean you did it in your head, Dad? The son asked, goggling. Well, not exactly. Nobody could do that. But it, it didn't make me long. When you are finished, tell me when you think my profit was the day. I have got a final total written down here, and I'll tell you if you are right. Matilda said quietly, Dad, you made exactly £4,303.50 altogether. Don't butt in, the father said. Your brother and I are busy with the high finance. But Dad, shut up, the father said. Stop guessing and trying to be clever. Look at your dancer, Dad. I asked, said gently, if you have done it right, it ought to be four thousand three hundred and three hundred pounds. Is that what you've got, That The father glanced down the paper in his hand. He seems to stiffen. He became very quiet. There was a silence. Then he said, say that again. Four thousand three hundred and three pounds fifty, Matilda said. There was another silence. The father's face was beginning to go dark red. I'm sure it's right, Matilda said. You, you little cheat? The father suddenly shouted, pointing a finger with her. You've got a bit of paper. You read it off from what I've got written here. Daddy, I'm the other side of the room. How could I possibly see it? Don't give me that rubbish. Of course you looked. You must have looked. No one in the world could give the right answer just like that special girl. You little cheat madam, that's what where you are. A cheat and a liar. At that point, the mother came in hurrying with a large tray with there were four suppers. This time, it was fish and chips when Mrs. Wormwood had picked up with chip and fish shoe and away home from Bingo. It seemed that Bingo afternoon left her so exhausted, both physically and emotionally, that she had never had enough energy to left to cook for an evening meal. So if it wasn't TV dinner, then it had to be fish and chips. What are you looking so red in about the face, Harry? He said... As he put the tray on the coffee table, your daughter is a cheat and a liar. The father said, taking his plate out of fish and placing it on his knees. Turn the telly on and let's not have no more chalk. So, this was the chapter number five. Oh, God. See how Matilda clever. She just calculated such big calculations in her head. Oh, my God. This needs a really powerful and genius mind. So I I'll hope you love this chapter. I'll be back uh, another day, like tomorrow, for the chapter number six. The chapter of the six name is the platinum blonde man. <laughs> I told I told you the chapter, but doesn't mean I will show you the whole story. We'll read it in the next chapter. Till then, take care and bye bye. And yep, don't forget to follow and share with your friends bye bye says to